0: Hi, this is Rhonda Johnson. Welcome to the Life of Love Ministries podcast. Today we're going to talk about love fulfilling the law. Psalms 119 verse 33 was written by King David and he said, Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. David um, only had the Mosaic Law. He only had the law that God gave to Moses, and there were 613 um, ordinances in that law. And what we know of in, as the Ten Commandments, that is the um, summation of the 613 laws that David would have known, and that David studied and meditated on and thought about that Psalm 119 says that David says, you know, day and night, I meditate on your laws and I think about your laws. And so a while back, I just thought, what would that be like? You know, because when I think of the law, I think of, you know, thou shalt not and thou shalt, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not have any idols. Thou shalt. And so what would it have been like to just, so one night I was uh, unable to sleep, <laughs> and so I just thought that I'm gonna do what David did and I started thinking of the laws and of Psalm one nineteen and David meditating on the law and it was amazing what I feel like the Holy Spirit led me into, and that was seeing how that each of the laws led leads us into either a deeper commitment and a deeper love to God or a better way to love one another. And that really is the whole entirety of the law of God, is that we, loving God and loving people, each of the commands teaches us and leads us into one of those two things, really. Um, Romans 5, I'm sorry, Romans 12, verse 5 in the NIV says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. That's from the NIV. And so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So because we all belong together, the law of the Lord teaches us how to cohabitate, how to live at God's level with one another, and that is to live a loving life. Towards loving God and loving one another. In Romans 12.10 says, and this is the ESV, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. That same scripture, Romans 12.10 in the NIV says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. That is a tall order, isn't it? I'm going to read that same scripture, Romans 10, 12, 10, in the NCV, which is the new century version. And I like the way that it says this. It says, love each other like brothers and sisters. Give each other more honor than you want for yourself. That puts it into a different perspective, doesn't it? Whatever you want, what, however you want to be treated. However well you want to be respected and honored and however well you want to be thought of, that's how we should consider one another. So what is the most important command for us to obey? Again, the theme of the Bible is basically love God and love people. And that really is the most important thing, that we do those things. Love God and love people. Mark twelve thirty and 31 is the passage where Jesus was asked. Actually, kind of a setup, really. They were trying to trick Jesus into showing that he wasn't, you know, someone who had all the answers. And Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command that God has ever given us that doesn't obtain the power within it to obey it. You might say that you know someone who is impossible to love. Well, in your own strength, that may be true. But we don't live in our own strength. We live in the strength and the ability of having Jesus in our heart, the Holy Spirit in us, and God the Father As the primary focus of our lives. And so there isn't anything we cannot do. God wouldn't tell us to do something if we didn't have the ability to do it. So there is no one we cannot love. The question is will we submit to God? And will we allow Jesus to help us to love the the person who's unlovable? Because we can do it if we if we desire to obey God, if we desire to obey his commands. God's commands, precepts, laws, statutes, and ordinances are never to take anything away from us, but they're to bring us into greater freedom and blessing. When we obey God's ways, we are qualified for his blessing in every area of our lives. The true freedom is the freedom to choose what is right. You've heard this, i heard this all my life, and that is God gave us free will because it it is no honor to have someone give you honor or to have someone worship you or live for you if they have no choice. It's only when someone chooses to live for you or when someone chooses to honor or worship you, that's when it's true honor. And so God gave us free will to be able to choose to obey him. He didn't make us little robots or like little ants who are just pre-programmed to do a certain thing all the days of our lives. And yet, but yet he gave us the free will to be able to choose to obey him. And when we choose to do that, he, he is happy to help us, I believe, and wants to come alongside Side us as we come alongside him and partner with us to help us to obey his will. Even when we obey God and even when we are positioned for blessing, it's important for us to remember we still will have troubles in this life. Uh, Living an abundant life doesn't mean that we don't have valleys and we don't have trials and temptations and it doesn't mean we aren't tested. We still have all of those, but living an abundant life and living in the blessing and in the favor of God means that he is so near and that we understand his ways and his love. And we're so secure in his love that even when we are going through deep, dark times in our lives, even when we're going through an experience that could be parallel or, or even, um, even comparable to the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. At those times, we enjoy God's closeness. The word tells us that he is an ever present help in times of trouble. And so when we're in times of trouble, he's present and he's there to help us. And so his closeness and his comfort are so dear and so near to us that even though we're in dark times, We are still living in abundant life. That is something that is really being misconstrued in this day and time. Um, I believe beginning in the summer of 2022, there was just a real push for this idea that our abundant life begins when we get to heaven and that just isn't what Re- uh, Romans 10:10 10, 10 says Jesus says that the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy but i have come that you might have life and life more abundantly and that scripture is really being tested and i believe um mis- misused in that there's a teaching that says that we don't that we don't um have anything but suffering and that it I heard tonight someone had sent me a link to a sermon where this person was saying that it was God's will that we suffered and Jesus suffered for us so that we wouldn't have to suffer many many things yes life is suffering but when you consider that we have the spirit of the Lord in us and we have Jesus in us and we have all the wonderful things that the Spirit of the Lord deposits in us at our salvation, then um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's we do go through dark times. We do go through trials. But because of his presence and because of his life that is um, just so abundant in us, we don't suffer like those who don't have him suffer. But Jesus gave us a new commandment, and his new commandment really is just expressed in all the other commandments and all the other ordinances of God. And it's John 13, 34, where Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And then John fifteen thirty five is the very next verse, and it says, by this. And by this new commandment, all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So this, I believe this is the greatest evangelistic tool we have at our disposal because it says that if we love one another as Jesus loves us, then the whole world will know that we're his disciples because of our love. So our actions in our churches and in our communities and at work and everywhere we go, are a testament to everyone who knows us, everyone who sees us, because our love for each other is the most important thing, and not only to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, but as one in one another as people dwelling in the same time, in the same place. If, if you're at the bank and someone's helping you, then they're your neighbor. If you're in the same space as anyone, in the same room, that's your neighbor. And so God, had, had, Jesus told us to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But love fulfills the law. Romans 13, 8 says, To owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. That just really is hard for me to just grasp at face value Jesus said that he came not to not to um well that he came to fulfill the law he didn't come to do away with it but to fulfill it and to think that we can do what Jesus did in that we can fulfill the law also so we are doing the law when we love one another I just I just think that's That sounds like we are pretty powerful if we're fulfilling the law of God. The law of Moses, God's law was fulfilled in Jesus' Acts on the cross. His life, death, and resurrection all fulfilled the law. And yet, your and my life can also fulfill the law. We do that by expressing the essence and the heart of each commandment, by loving God and loving people. I want to go through um, the the ten commandments now and I'm want to go through them and i I want to comment on each of them just to make the points about how the law does teach us to either love or not teach us, but it commands us to love God or love one another. But in the coming weeks, I'm also going to take each of these commandments and go more deeply into each one. But today, I want us to look at commandment number one, and it is to have no other gods before me. If we endeavor and if we um, work to make God our priority, then that is going to be work that we love and that we enjoy, because there is no greater time spent then spending time with God in the Word, reading reading your Bible, and in prayer, just spending time with the Lord, in worship, where you're just telling God how good He is and how much you love Him. That is, that's how we make sure that we have no other gods before Him. That's how we make sure that we are taking on the responsibility of keeping God as priority one in our lives. And number two, the second command says, you will not make for yourself idols. I preached this message in our church uh, a couple of weeks ago. And as I was preaching and as I said this, we stopped in in the service as I came to commandment number two. And we just prayed and asked the Lord to show us if there are any idols in our hearts, if there are any idols in our lives. You know, idolatry is one of the things that the children of Israel really struggled with and that God constantly called them out on. And I believe that if we're listening to the Lord today, we'll be constantly receiving course correction from the Father as to idols that, are, that we're tempted to have also. Number three is that you will not misuse the name of the Lord your God. That one is a big challenge. We've learned to express ourselves in some pretty ugly ways in our current culture. And I, again, just ask for you to to pray. And once we establish a habit, it's very difficult sometimes to express ourselves without saying bad things because that's how we release or how we express what we're feeling. And so, like everything, ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to cause a stop sign in your mind before you say something you shouldn't, especially before about the name of the Lord. Commandment number four is Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. God said that the Sabbath was made for us, not us for the Sabbath. So God is providing this day of rest for us, for, for us to benefit and for us to be blessed. And he wants for us to work for six days a week and he wants for us to rest one of them. So I just encourage you to really think about that and pray about it. Ask the Lord to help you. So these commandments one through four are really about loving the Lord and honoring the Lord. But starting with number five, honor your father and mother. That's how to love your father and mother. That's the first promise we know that, I'm sorry, that's the first commandment that has a promise with it. And that is that we'll live a long life if we honor our father and mother. Number six says you will not murder. That one seems like an easy easy one to um, obey, but by not murdering... um, We're, again, honoring one another. Number seven says you will not commit adultery. I want us to go back to one of the first scriptures I read. And um, where it says that uh, to love one another as brothers and sisters. Uh, It was the New Century version of Romans 12.10. It says, love each other like brothers and sisters, give each other more honor than you want for yourselves. If we love one another like brothers and sisters, as the word tells us, then I don't think we're going to be um, very enticed to commit adultery. But to commit adultery is, it's a a sin against, against your spouse, against your other spouse, I mean the other spouse in the relationship. And it is just the ultimate in betrayal and um, just an unloving, disrespectful act. The same is true with number eight. Do not steal. If you love someone, you're not going to take something that, that they own, something that they've worked for, something that's their possession. So that's really disrespectful to take something that doesn't belong to you. You will not give false testimony against your neighbor. That means don't lie. Lying is also extremely disrespectful. So if we love someone, if we're honoring them, if we're honoring them in a way we want to be honored, then we're going to be honest. If we are, um, you know, treating someone as we want to be treated, then we're not going to steal. And so, um, commandment number ten says, "You will not covet." Covetousness is, um, I, I actually have a wonderful, wonderful study on that. When we get to commandment number 10, you will not covet. But it's important for us to be content with what we have. And if someone else receives or obtains something that we want, a loving, good heart is going to be happy for someone that they have what we want. Not covet what they want. To covet, it means I want what you have. It doesn't just mean I want one too. It means I want what you have and I want you to not have it. That is just ugly selfishness. And so the new commandment is an expression of the original law with a more practical approach. Because it's agape love. Agape love is not romantic or emotional love. Agape love is a decision to love and care for others. So when Jesus tells us to love one another as I have loved you, he's not saying that you need to feel like loving everyone. He's saying make a decision to love everyone, that that is your practice in obedience to the commandments of God, that you will choose to love them and to act lovingly. And all of these commands that we have these 10 commandments are all about about acting and committing to loving one another and to doing and behaving in ways that are loving jesus wants for us to do the heavy lifting galatians 6:2 says bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ when we bear one another's burdens we are loving someone at a level that fulfills the law. That's just an amazing thought. But by helping someone, by taking on someone's heaviness, by taking on a yoke that someone is is bearing, and it could just be, it could be loneliness, that someone is lonely and you know they're lonely. It could be sadness or depression It could be that they're sick and and they're just needing encouragement. Whatever someone's burden is, if we become part of it and help them to bear up that burden, for us to pick up a little bit of that load on our shoulders is to do the heavy lifting of loving someone, someone in a tangible way that you know, they can see us. Jesus loves them, of course. But when we go in person or when we send a card or make a phone call that encourages someone and lifts someone up and says something nice or sweet or prays for someone, then that is really doing, that's really doing the work of the Lord and bearing up that heavy burden, doing the heavy lifting. Sympathy it says, I'm sorry you're hurting. Empathy is a deeper commitment that says, I hurt with you. But compassion says, I will do anything it takes to stop your pain. Jesus looked on the crowds, the word tells us, with compassion. And when he did that was after they had followed him around all day and they were exhausted and tired and hungry. And so when Jesus looked on the crowd with compassion, he said, I will do anything it takes to stop your pain. And then remember what he did? He got the little boy's lunch one time and he fed about 15,000 people. So he not only felt their pain, he wasn't just sorry that they were hungry. And he didn't say, I'm hungry too. I, my stomach hurts for you but he actually solved their problem. That's what compassion does. It will do anything to stop someone's pain. Mark 10.45 in the NLT, the New Living Translation, says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. And Second Corinthians 1.4 says, says God comforts us us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God gave us. That's called redemptive suffering. When you take your pain and your suffering from the past and you use that knowledge that you have from your bad experience, from your hardship, from your grief, and now you're going to say, I know what they feel like. I understand that. So I'm going to go and share with that person and let them know that I understand because I don't want them to hurt alone. I want for them to know that I've also experienced this. That redeems your suffering. And now something good has come from the bad situation that you had. That is laying down your life. Just like Mark 10 45 says, you're giving your life you're giving your life experience. You're, you're literally giving your life away for a person so that they won't hurt as badly. And that is fulfilling the law. And that is such a beautiful thing. Love gives. John 3, 16, the most popular verse in the Bible says that God so loved the world, he gave. And when we love, when we choose to love with that agape love, then we are fulfilling the law of Christ. I want us to read again in closing today. I want for us to read Psalm 119, 33, 34 again, just as we started. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. That is the will of God for us for us to obey all the commands that the Lord has given. Because in doing so, we position ourselves and qualify ourselves for God's blessing, for His favor, and for all the good things that God wants to give us. Thank you so much for listening today to Life of Love Ministries podcast. I hope that this word goes deep into your heart, that it challenges you, and that it really helps you to have a desire to fulfill the law of Christ by bearing other people's burdens and by honoring and obeying these words, these commands that God has given us because he wants our life to be good. He wants to be able to bless and reward us. That's God's nature. Have a wonderful day. Go with God and be blessed. Thank you again for listening.